Good morning. We are on the very bottom of 22b, Chaf Beis Amud Beis, that the colon on the second to last line. Let us begin the words Tanu Rabbanan. The rabbis taught us. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught us. Haya Omed B'tfila. If you were standing in the middle of the Amida, the prayer service, so Mayan Shosasin al Birkav, and urine started coming out. Um, you should stop until the, you are done urinating. And then you return to the prayer service. Now, where do you return to? Rav Chistov or Rav Hamun? Rav Chistov or Rav Hamun both had an opinion on this. Chad Amar Choser Larosh. The Chad Amar Lamakom Shepasak. One said that you have to actually go back to the beginning of the Shemona Esrei, of the Amida. And one says, no, you could actually continue exactly where you stopped. Lema Bahakamifuli. So let us say that their dispute, their argument, um, is in the following context. Marsavar, one holds. Im Shaha Kadelig Maris Kula. If you stopped, by the way, around 23a now. If you stopped for long enough to finish the entire Shmona Esrei, Choser Laroche, then you actually have to go back to the beginning. Umar Savar Lamakom Shepasak, and the other one holds no. Even if you stopped for long enough to finish the entire Shmona Esrei, you still only go back to the place where you had stopped. Omar Ravashi, Ravashi says, Hayim Shaha Im Lo Shaha If this is the case, that that is where the argument lies, in a case where... Um, where you stopped long enough to be able to have finished your Shmona Esrei, then it should have been more clear that it's about if you fin if you waited long enough or if you did not wait long enough. That should have been presented when presenting this argument between Rav Hamnuna and Rav Chista. It must be then that um, there's a different explanation to explain their argument. Ella... Rather, everyone agrees that if you waited long enough to finish the entire Shemona Esrei, then you actually have to go back to the beginning. And where the argument of these two rabbis took place is in a case where you did not stop for long enough to finish your Shemona Esrei. One holds that he is considered somebody that would not have been allowed or was was not fit to have said Shemona Esrei in the first place. And therefore, everything he did say up until that point was not a good prayer service, and he would have to start from the beginning and do it again. Umar Savar, and the other one argues and says, no. Gavra Chazyahu, even if he had to go to the, even if he had to relieve himself before beginning Shemona Esrei, he was still considered fit to have said Shmona Esrei until, of course, he had that accident. So, therefore, everything that you said up until the point of your accident was actually legitimate, and therefore you can continue where you left off. That is the understanding there. Okay, now we're going to talk about something similar um, on the same topic. Tanurabanan, the rabbis taught. We're at the first wide line in the Gemara. The last couple of lines, the last couple of words. All right, so we're at Tanu Rabbanan. Tanu Rabbanan, Hanitzrach l'nekavav ayispalel. Someone that needs to relieve oneself, they should not pray. Dim hispalel tefilasot eva. And if they did pray, 
without having relieved themselves first, then the prayer is an abomination and you'd have to repeat the prayer service. Amr Azid, Vesimir of Yehuda. Rav Zid said in the name of Rav Yehuda. And some say, I'm sorry, that it was Rav Yehuda that said this. Lo shanu elo This is true that it's considered an abomination only if you would not, you, only if um, you are somebody that would not be able to restrain yourself from um, from an accident during the prayer service. But if he was able to restrain himself, even if he did have to go to the washroom, the prayer service is still a valid prayer service and he does not need to repeat it. So now we're going to qualify this. So how, so va'ad kama, how long would a person need to have been able to re, 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 restrain himself in order for it to have been considered a proper prayer service? Amar Rav Shesha says, Ad parsa. You would need to have been able to restrain yourself. The amount of time it takes to walk one parsa, which is about two and a half miles. Ikadamasilamasnisa. Some taught this point about um, how long you would need, needed to have restrained yourself, been able to restrain yourself for. They taught it as part of the brisa that we just mentioned. So what is it saying? This, these would be the words. Um, in what case does this apply? That's only where he cannot restrain himself. But if he can restrain himself, then his prayer service is a proper prayer service. Not to be done ideally, but if you did, it works. How long would you need to have been able to restrain yourself for in order for the prayer service to be considered a valid prayer service? It says, Ad parsa. The amount of time it takes to walk a parsa. Rab Shmuel Bar One who needs to relieve oneself, that person should not pray. because the verse says he prepare to meet your God, O Israel. So that's the idea. Okay. Now we're going to continue on with this type of stuff. We are at Av Amr Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmini. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight lines down in the wide lines. Let's do it. Amr Shmuel Bar Nachmini Rabbi Yonasan. I'm sorry. Av Amr Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmini Rabbi Yonasan. So this is actually veering from what we were talking about earlier. We're just going to mention it because it's from the same teacher as the last one, the last point we made. So Shmuel Bar Nachmini said there, Rabbi Yonasan, my dechsev. What does it mean when it says Shemor Rag Lecha Kasher Telecha Beisa Elokim? Guard your feet when you go to the house of God. Shmor Atzmecha Shelo Techete. It means guard yourself that you do not sin. Vim Techete. But if you do sin, Have Korban Lefanai. Bring a sacrifice to me. So now the next part of the verse. Vikarov Lishmoa. The next part of the verse says, and be ready to listen to. Amar Rava, what's this a reference to? Rava explains, Be ready to listen to the words of the sages. Because the sages, if they sin, they bring a sacrifice, and they repent. And then the verse goes on to say, Rather than to offer a sacrifice of fools. This means do not be like a fool, Shechotim, who sin, umavim karban, and bring a sacrifice, they know some chuba, but do not repent. So they kind of just bring a sacrifice, they think that that's sufficient. 
Now the next part um, of the verse says, They do not know how to do evil. They don't know to do evil. So that's kind of weird because the last part that we just talked about was the foolish people. And yet now we're saying they don't know how to do evil. So how does that work? If that's the case, they're considered righteous, not fools. Yet this is coming right after we talked about the fools. So how do we understand this? Ella, rather it's as follows. Al-Tihikakasilim, do not be like the fools. Shechotim avim karban, that sin and bring a sacrifice. Ve'enim yodim, and they do not know. Imal hatova avim, imal avim. Are they bringing it because they did something good or something bad? In other words, they're clueless as to what proper behavior is, and they don't know why they're bringing the sacrifices. They're just bringing the sacrifices as gifts, um, not because they've sinned, or at least not because they're cognizant of sin. And Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Hashem is saying about them, They are people that cannot differentiate between good and bad. Yet they still bring a sacrifice before me. They are fools. Okay. Um, now we're going to go back to the beginning of the verse that we talked about, which was, Guard your feet when you go to the house of God. Rav Ashi, Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa Amar. Rav Ashi and some say it was Rav Chanina Bar Papa. Explain that verse as follows. Shemor Nikavecha. Guard your nikavim, guard your orifices, at the time when you stand in prayer before me. In other words, make sure that your orifices are, are clean and you're not um, emitting anything from any of them. Okay. Um, now we're going to talk about some, about tefillin and the need to relieve oneself. The rabbis taught. We're at the. We're actually at a period, kind of halfway down at the end of the line. Tanurabanon, rabbis taught. Hanichnas of somebody who goes into a bathroom. Cholets tefilav berichuk arba amos venichnas. They should remove their tefillin, four cubits, so about eight, six to eight feet away from the bathroom, and then go in. Amar v'achab Rav Huna, Amar Rav Sheshes. Rav Achab Rav Huna said in the name of Rav Sheshes. We only taught this law that you have to take off your tefillin eight feet away only when it comes to a a um, a permanent um, bathroom. And a permanent bathroom back then was a bathroom that would have had excrement visible and exposed to everybody. However, in a temporary bathroom, so one that you just happen to be making into a, a washroom because you are using it now, so there was no exposed excrement, then what do you do? You take off your tefillin and you just go and you use the washroom. There's nothing about taking it off eight feet beforehand. But once you leave the bathroom, then you have to distance yourself eight, four amos from the bathroom and then put it on. Because once you've used it, it actually becomes a permanent washroom because now there is exposed excrement. Because you have now made it into a permanent restroom. They asked. What is the law about somebody going in with, that's about somebody taking to fill in, or somebody wearing to fill in, going in to a base kavua? going into a permanent washroom, lahashtin mayim, in order to urinate. What is the halacha? What do you have to do if you're only going to urinate? What do you do with the tefillin? Ravina shari. So Ravina allows you. Go in um, with the tefillin. If Ada Barmasna, Asar, Ada Barmasna says you're not allowed to. Asu shailua le Rava. They came and asked the Rava. 
Amr Lahu and Rava answered, Asr, you're not allowed to. And the problem is, is because we're worried. So even though you're just urinating, we're still worried that you may come to um, defecate with him while you're in the washroom anyways. And that's a problem with the on. And some say we are worried that perhaps you will pass gas with them on, and that's why they wouldn't be allowed. There's another brysa. If you go into a permanent bathroom, um, you should take off your tefillin four amos away. And you should put your tefillin in some sort of crevice that faces the public domain. So don't forget, back then a bathroom was basically just a field, or a part of a field. So you would have the field, you'd have like some sort of wall, and then you'd have the public domain. So what we're saying right now is put your tefillin in a crevice that faces the public domain, not one that faces the, the washroom area. Um, and then you can go in. And when you come out of the bathroom, you should distance yourself for amos umanichan and then put your tefillin back on. Divri Beishamai, those are the words of Beishamai. Ubeishil, Omer and Beishil says, O chazan biyadov v'nichnas, you can actually hold the tefillin in your hand and go into the bathroom holding them. Rabbi Kiva, Omer Rabbi Kiva says, O chazan biyadov v'nichnas, Rabbi Kiva says you could hold them in your garments. Bivigdo salkadaychad, and so we ask on Rabbi Akiva, how could you, do you really mean you put it in your garment? Sometimes you may forget that you have them in your garment and they could fall out, which is obviously a problem. So, Ella Ema, rather what Rabbi Kiva meant to say was, Put them in your garment, then hold that part of the garment that has the tefillin in it in your hand and then go in. Um, now we have a second opinion as to where you should place your tefillin if you're not bringing them in. You should actually put them in a crevice that's facing the, the washroom area. And you should specifically not put them in a crevice that faces the public domain. Because perhaps somebody that's passing by will steal them. And you will come to be suspected of engaging in... Um, in, uh, in, in, the, in prostitution, in the hiring of prostitutes. Why would this happen? This seems to be a, a very crazy story. So what's this all about? So now we're going to tell you a story. And it happened with one student. He put his tefillin in the crevices that were facing the public domain. And one prostitute came and took those tefillin. And she came into the study hall. She came into the study hall. And she said, See what so-and-so gave me as my payment for my services. Um, once the student heard what this woman had said um, falsely about him, he was so ashamed and so anguish, he went up to the roof and fell, and he died. At that point, they instituted that you should put the tefillin into your garment and hold that part of the garment in your hand and then go into the bathroom so that nothing like this would ever happen again. 
Um, Tanra Banu, we have another price along the same lines. Barishona, Hayumanichin, Tfilin, Bachor, and Hasmuch, and the Vesakise in the beginning. At first, they would put the Tfilin in the crevices that face the washroom area. But then mice would come and take the tefillin. So then they enacted that you should place them in the crevices that face the public domain. But people that were passing by would come and take them. So then they enacted that you should cut them in your hand and bring them in, and hold them. Amar Rabbi Miyasha Bereid Rabbi Shuban Levi. Rabbi Miyasha said, and they, I'm sorry, Rabbi Miyasha, the son of Rabbi Shuban Levi, said, Halacha. The halacha is as follows: Golulan kimin sefer. You should take the tefillin um, and wrap it up. Va'ochazan bimido kenegedli bo and hold them in your right hand, opposite the heart, and that's where you should hold them while going to using the washroom. This is as long as the strap of the tefillin does not come out of your hand more than a tefach, more than a hand's breadth, which is about three or four inches. So meaning don't let the strap drag or come out. Everything should be kind of protected by your hand and your heart. When we talk about rolling them up like a scroll, that's only where there's still time during the day to put them back on after you come out of the washroom, because we don't wear tefillin at night. But if there will be no more time to put them back on once you come back out, then what you do is you make for them a little pouch, a little bag, that has a hollow at least the size of a tefach, a hand breath, and you put the tefillin in there, and that's considered proper protection of the tefillin when they go into the washroom. During the day, wrap them like a scroll, and put them in your hand, opposite your heart. And at night, you should make for the tefillin a bag, tefach, that is a hand breath worth, Whose hollow is a hand's breadth's worth, umanichan, and place them in that bag. Amr Abayi says, Lo shano el When we talk about needing a hollow of at least a tefach, that's only when it comes to a vessel that was specifically designated to hold tefillin. Avo but if it's not specifically designated to hold tefillin, afilu pachos mitefach, then even if the hollow is less than one tefach, it still suffices to protect the tefillin. The idea is, is that when you have a pair of tefillin, when you have, I'm sorry, when you have a bag, um, and we require at least a tefach hollow, that's because if it's less than a tefach, then it's going to be more like just like a wrapping. And a wrapping for the tefillin does not protect the tefillin from whatever, whatever, um, whatever dirtiness it shouldn't come in contact with. It's only when it's actually in its own separate vessel, which is created by having a handbreadth hollow, it's only when it's in its separate vessel that it's then considered protected from the dirtiness around it. And Abaye is saying that that's only true, you only need that tefach only if you are using a vessel that's specifically designated for tefillin, because then it could be easily looked at as kind of just 
nullify to the tefillin, just like a wrapping to the tefillin, not a separate vessel. And therefore, in order to make it a separate vessel, it needs to be at least a hand breath. That's what Abaye is sharing with us. All right. Amar Mar Zutra of Isemar of Ashi. Mar Zutra said, and some say it was Rav Ashi, Teda, know that this is the case. Shahare Pachin Kitalinim Matsilin Ba'ohames. Know that you really don't need a hand breath if it's not designated for tefillin from the, from the idea that small vessels um, can protect from um, impurity from impurity of a corpse. So if one is in the same room as a corpse, then you will um, then you will become impure on the level of someone as if you touched the corpse. However, we say that if you put something into a small vessel, even if the vessel is not a tefach, the hollow is not a handbreadth, that then makes it seem that then makes whatever is inside of it like it's in a different domain than the corpse, and it will not contract um, that type of impurity. So we see that as that a vessel has the ability to create a separate domain, even if its hollow is not um, a full tefach. We'll stop here for today. Um, so what do we talk about today? We talked about um, someone that's praying, and um, first we had someone that has an accident during prayer. What do they do? Then we talked about if you need to go to the washroom, you should not be praying. Now what happens if you did pray needing to go to the washroom? Um, you need to have been able to restrain yourself. How long would you have to have been able to restrain yourself for in order for the prayer service to be good and not to have to repeat it? Um, then we um, <clears throat> then we talked about briefly the, some verses where we spoke about um, people that bring sacrifices without knowing what, what why they're doing it, and that's a big problem. Um, then we talked about what to do with taking off your tefillin before going into the washroom and all of the laws applicable there. We had many laws applicable there. Um, and then we talked about what type of vessel allows something to be considered no longer in the same domain as what you do not want it to be in. So in one case was being in the same domain as something dirty, and in the other case was being in the same domain as ritual impurity. So we'll stop here for today. Have a wonderful day.